back to Range Anxiety. I'm your host, Martin Don. I'm bringing you a wonderful 30 years of automotive experience in 30 minutes or thereabouts every week. And uh, yeah, that was a good little intro track. Who's old enough to remember that? That's not the original, but the original was done by a guy called Eddie Grant, and it was Electric Avenue. Great track, that. Good song, that. There goes my Richie again. And um, yeah, really iconic at the time, I suppose. Just like Richie, just like me. Today we're going to talk all things electric, but it's not going to be one of those boring, you know, my Tesla's better than your horse-drawn car shows, because, you know, anyone that listens to this Epicast already knows that. In fact, I've got to put my hand out to big daddy Elon Musk soon, because uh, I reckon I've sold him a few cars out of this. I know there's at least three that have come out of this Epicast so far, and that's only in my little local locked-down hometown. That's right, we're still locked down here. And it's actually quite wicked. I'm enjoying it. You know, I needed a break from um, things and people and a chance to actually do some highly essential productive work that is going to benefit the future of mankind and womankind and and peoplekind. Not that we kind of deserve it after some of the absolute rubbish I've seen on the news tonight. Maybe news is fake media and fake news, but people punching police horses in the face... I mean, really, if anyone deserved to be seriously maimed, it would be that asshole. Do not hurt animals. Not when there's plenty of humans around that really and really deserve it. So you go, that's my little rant um, for today. Yeah, okay, so what are we on about today? Now, I did get, before we get into Electric Avenue uh, today, um, I did get a lot of feedback on um, uh, the previous Epicast. Um people even making snide comments on my business page on Facebook. Oh, I'm glad Martin liked that four-wheel drive because it didn't have a shovel on the roof. Yeah, that's right. You know, I did like it because it didn't have a shovel on the roof. So, you know, if, if, if you're going to dislike me because I don't like shit on your shovel, <laughs> that actually sounds cool, doesn't it? And then nick off. I can do that. This is my epicast. But no, no, I, I took that actual comment. In the good jest that it was meant in, and well done to you. I did enjoy it. And I did actually respond as the third person and say, yes, Martin's a grumpy old wanker. So there you go. Martin is a grumpy old wanker. But we're going to do something really, really different today with Electric Avenue, and I think really, really cool. Um, because I'm going to use this epicast, that plenty of you listen to it, as a uh, job advertisement. That's right. Who wants to come and work with me and the team at Powertech Tuning doing some really cool stuff. We're now at the point where we need some external help. And what better way to find, uh, to delve into a pool of switched on and smart people than to go to my Epicast audience? How does that sound? So what is it we're actually doing that we need help with? Some people would say I need help tuning, but no, no, I'm the best of the best. I just, that's what someone previously told me. I'm average. Just been around a long time, so I know how not to blow your shit up, whether other people are still experimenting on your shit, promising you things that don't actually exist. So I need to find the right person for a job. Now let's have a look at what these jobs are and what they entail and see if you can fit yourself into it. If you believe that you might be good for us, then all you've got to do is email me, different email address this time, good address that, 
martin at powertechtuning.com.au. If you email me your CV there and uh, mention that you've heard it in this epicast, I should be able to, you know, put in a good word for you. In fact, I'll put in 99.9% of the word for you because uh, how you relate to me and can work with me and what I think of your skill set is what's going to make the entire difference to whether you get the job or not. So what is the job? All right, now I haven't spoken a lot about this, but I'm prepared to talk publicly now. We are part of a massive infrastructure organisation there. We don't just tune cars. We do all sorts of things. And one of them is we have a couple of international clients, clients I'm not going to mention, clients that are separate from my companies and Powertech Tunings uh, deal with unplugged performance where we develop and, and manufacture products for Teslas. Uh, Some of you may be aware of those and seen them on my Facebook page or just know because I'm constantly harping on about them. We we do some good things, making parts for Teslas for Unplugged Performance, who have the sole naming and branding distribution for those products worldwide. It's a nice little thing, and we're continually working on new parts for Model 3, Model X, Model Y, Model S, S3XY, and, of course, Plaid. Um, Yeah, so it's not that. What we do have is a couple of international clients that have entrusted us uh, to go with uh, two different, very, very different electrification projects for two very, very different platforms. One is involved in uh, commercial operation, i.e. carrying people around, and we have to take an existing diesel-powered vehicle... It's it's got a 75 kilowatt four-cylinder turbo diesel in it that makes 39 kilowatts at the wheel. So it's a fair heap of shit, the actual diesel drivetrain, through a a five-speed, I believe, electronic auto, um, driving through a 411 live axle rear end. And, yeah, it's slow as shit. And in the application they're being used, which is a commercial application, uh, all of those vehicles in the part of the world that they're from have to now be zero emissions. So, because we're such a good-looking bunch down there at Powertech Tuning, and maybe because we know a little thing or two about electric vehicles and how to integrate them, uh, we got approached by this client, and um, we have a prototype to build. And it's bloody exciting. So, we've uh, finished all the validation work on uh, the prototype. So, we finished validating what it was like as a diesel. Yeah, and it was pretty horrific, right? Thankfully, they can't be used in, in the area they need to be used in anymore. And you have to buy a brand new one that costs well over $100,000. Or you can have a two-year-old one that costs $15,000 or maybe less since it's been outlawed and spend $20,000 or so converting it to electric. Now, now do you understand where I'm coming from? And meet the ZEV, ZEV Zero Emissions Vehicle Guidelines. That's pretty cool. So I've done uh, a fair bit of footwork on this already and I've specced up the right type of um, uh, reluctance motor for it, a power unit uh, with the right kind of power output, uh, worked out where it's all going to be packaged, how it's going to be packaged, I had some great help from uh, my offsider and 2IC, Gareth Norton, so far in, in talking about the um, ancillary drive, which is probably the hardest thing and, and you've heard me Uh, talk about this before, is it making all of the shit that's in the car still work? You know, this isn't a tea bucket uh, where you're sitting out in the breeze with manual steering. This car has uh, dual zone climate control. It has um, hydraulic power steering that still needs to be run. And and because 
we're doing this as a production conversion kit. We need to make sure spares are available. So we need to run all of those separate subsystems uh, that are part of the original vehicle while disrupting as little as possible. Yeah, this is where it gets bloody tricky. The integration part, like I've always said, banging an electric motor in something and making it run is easy. And then, of course, there's always that little, you know, chestnut, the battery design and battery pack. Now, I'm, I'm a fairly, you know, strict uh, NCM kind of battery guy, right? Uh, but for this project, uh, due to availability, price, um, and packaging constraints where I've come up and spec'd a prismatic uh, LFP lithium phosphate cell design that's modular, so lots of prismatics, a lot like a, a Volkswagen ID4 style battery design. And uh, this allows us to uh, stack them like dominoes, essentially, not quite like that, in a specially made um, frame and capsule. Uh, under the vehicle without intruding anything uh, any in any way on the passenger space. So that's pretty cool. The way we're sort of, you know, and the way we're doing little contactors and buzz bars to, to hold all that together, that's pretty cool. Uh, and that's still something that we're working on. Uh, the BMS is a custom piece. It's a BMS, a battery management system, determines whether this thing runs good for like 20 kilometres and then takes 48 hours to charge, like a lot of junk that people are building as commercial solutions or it can rapidly charge albeit ac say uh, 11 12 kilowatts and get a reasonable range you know like i need uh, having a look at what uh, the range these vehicles have in, in a diesel form i need at least 30 to 40 kilowatt hour of, of a battery pack and we need to be able to charge that effectively in about three hours, four hours, which I believe should be, you know, on a, on a, on a level two charging or a, a type two charger, we should be able to do that. And, um, you know, there's little things like um, how to, what to do with where the shifter is in the car, where do you put your charge port, how do you automate your charge port, how do you integrate the dash instruments for speedometer, which are primarily CAN bus, yada, 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 it goes on. So the person I'm looking for, if you're that person, you don't have to be an electronic engineer. You don't have to be an electrical engineer, but you do have to have some sort of qualification in the automotive industry. And if you have a good understanding of auto electrics, we can provide the rest of the training that you need to become hybrid certified, or in this case, BEV, battery electric vehicle certified, and we can help you with that. So that's, that's kind of pretty cool. And that's, that's a project that we got to build one prototype and then possibly three to 500 to maybe 1500 actual production units. So it's going to be a bit pretty busy time over the next five years, providing all of our plans come to fruition. As Elon says, building a prototype is easy. Production is hell. So yeah, and having been that, uh, they're done that even making small parts, like not complete cars like Elon does, I can actually, I totally agree. So I need someone that's committed. I need someone that's going to be there um, on the ground floor and put in the hours and you'll be paid accordingly. So if that sounds like you, if you want to build a job for yourself uh, by putting in everything you've got and and uh, possibly assuring yourself a job for life, then please email me, uh, martin at powertechtuning.com.au. You aren't going to be tuning Commodores. Yay for you. 
But on the flip side, there's a second tier project that we're working on as well, which is, if you're good enough at this one, this is far more exciting. This is taking a 600 or 700, say, kilogram vehicle, I'm going to say that without giving it away, uh, that, that's normally got a supercharged engine in it, a petrol burning junker, and is bloody fast and not really sold here in Australia. But you're only getting the world's a small place now. We've all got COVID together. Now, our job with this thing is to make it a ZEV as well, zero emissions. Now, this is a tiny vehicle and it's a bloody fast, bloody fun vehicle, like a formula style car. And we're going to throw away, I think they make about 400 horsepower in petrol form. We've got to supply uh, an electric powertrain and a battery system and a BMS, you know, and full integration, like a build from day dot on this vehicle to convert it and it'll make it faster than it was before. Now, fast is easy, right? With an EV, fast is easy. Making a car that goes to track days and lasts the entire day. Now, that is not easy. <laughs> you see what I mean? So, we learn the skills on the, uh, on the first production style EV, and then we transfer them into the higher end, uh, more specific focused application uh, that we're looking at here. Now, this will be a bloody fast car, and it will be a bloody fun car, and it, it has some uh, modular design parameters that, that I've already come up with, uh, and, and, you know, if you're good enough, you can tell me I'm wrong, but we can equip it with enough battery for sprint, um, track day, and enduro, and it'll need a BMS that is... Um, compatible with a DC fast charging so that if you're at a track day and they have DC fast chargers which most civilized tracks in the world do uh, save for Australian ones that you'll be able to plug it into the lunch break and fill it in you know 20 minutes 15 minutes and also we've come up with a, a modular battery design that allows you as the vehicle now these aren't cheap vehicles to start with even in even in, even with the junk petrol motor in them they're still not cheap vehicles but imagine being able to carry enough battery in your transporter or in your ute that you tow it with or whatever it is, truck, trailer, whatever, man, um, that you can just clip batteries onto it. You can lift them yourself and just clip them on to the vehicle halfway through the day so you don't have to worry about charging at all. So people go, well, that's a dumb idea. Well, yeah, you take jerry cans or, you know, uh, containers full of fuel to the track to fuel your car. Why don't you take containers full of voltage? To plug into your car as well and we're uh, looking at a, a modular interconnect design that'll allow us to swap battery cells you know probably in during a lunch break if you can't get access to fast charging in five to eight minutes that'll allow you to know the rest of the day how super cool is that and that's a, a little um a connector idea and a packaging idea and a a battery idea that i'm probably going to try and patent so does that sound like it could be a bit of you does that sound like a project you'd want to work on and be a part of? I reckon it does. And actually, I'm, I'm actually sounding impressed by it all sitting here. But of course, it's not just that. It's not going to be impressive. And it's not going to be, you know, all the time. There's going to be some long, tough hours. There's going to be a lot of failures, you know. Um, uh, and we're going to try 100 times before we get the one right time. And that that's what it is. So it's just not all, you know, uh, shits and giggles and fun. There's a lot of blood, sweat and gears no, there's not blood, sweat and gears because we only use one gear. That's why they're not sitting there with blowing transmissions the whole time, EVs, like um, 
every R35 GDR that you see at some stage or one point in its life. Um, speaking of which, I had an R35 in this week during lockdown, transmission failure, of course. Now, not eight months earlier, we had put a set of the off-the-shelf, top-end, big brand name, pressure sensors in it. Now, they're done because it failed. You know, one of the clutch A or B or line pressure, probably all of the above, failed all the pressure sensors, as GDRs do constantly. And it's about a, you know, $3,000 job uh, to buy the sensor kit, pull the gearbox out, split it, put it back together, fill it with oil, yada, 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 right? It's a shit of a job. It stinks. You get covered in oil. And anyway, this thing went for about six or eight months, and guess what it did? Shat the pressure sensors again. So I've gone, right, this is unacceptable. Yeah, it sounds like I'm driving an Aston Martin with leather driving gloves and a cap. Unacceptable. Let's ring up the supplier and give them a horse whipping. So I got Gareth to ring the supplier, and the supplier gone, well, yeah, bad luck, there's no warranty on that. What? You can supply a part. It lasted in the car. I mean, the Nissan ones have problems, the sensors. It lasted uh, 11 years, right? It lasted 11 years. This shit from the aftermarket lasts eight months, and you say, oh, no warranty. Sorry. Well, why isn't there any warranty? You fitted it to a car. Now, technically, that's not legal, right? And I might have to have a little bit of a further conversation with these dickheads that sell this stuff here. Um, so, <sighs> this is where it all goes wrong. People washing their hands of any responsibility to do with anything to do with their product. Uh, like, how are you going to go any further? How is this aftermarket for these vehicles going to survive when, when shit fails? You just walk away and go, bad luck. I've got to go that back to the customer, who's a lovely guy, right? I'm, uh, I'm, uh, might be techno king of power tech tuning, but I'm also the coal face of problem solving, I've got to go back and tell his client, who's a really, really, really nice guy, and a genuine guy, and he's not a real gearhead, who knows he's going to be if he keeps bloody owning an R35, I've got to tell him, sorry mate, that work we did for you, uh, they're refusing to warrant it, uh, the, the, the part that we sold, that the we sold you, that they sold us, so if he wants to be an ass about it, you become, well you're wearing it mate. I'll go and check my rights with Consumer Affairs, which are an Australian um, board that does that. So, therefore, yet again, it's easier, you know, rather than get in a fight with the client, which I'm sure won't happen because he's a lovely guy, like I said, rather than get in a fight with the client, it's easier just to tell people that come in with these, with these vehicles, um, sorry, uh, there is no warranty on anything we do to these because all of these big names in the aftermarket part scene have just gone piss off our shit's junk and it fails constantly so uh we're not standing behind it isn't that just the most horrible thing you've ever heard mm, nah i don't think i'll let this one arrest that easily so what else is new now if you want the job and you've got what i need um i don't care if you're male or female i don't care you know what you are, as long as you're in Adelaide, South Australia and have a current driver's licence or prepared to locate, well, you can't really locate here at the moment or relocate here, send me your application to martin at powertechtuning.com.au. And if there's one person listening to this that I don't want to apply, it's the one who is apparently the best of the best of the best of the best that turned down a job engineering batteries for Tesla, so his father told me. He was actually an accountant or a lawyer or something. 
because he'd come up with a new uh, battery technology uh, some years ago that Elon Musk was interested in. And I quizzed uh, said father on this. Uh, what was it? Was it a lithium phosphate, lithium iron? Was it a new type of cobalt or manganese NCM setup? Or was it graphene? You know, was it was something killer like that? And uh, no, apparently it was calcium. Like your what? calcium that was like the first type of battery there ever was like a one kilowatt calcium battery would be the size of the titanic not what an absolute load of crap so if you're that person we don't want you we want someone fresh-faced open-minded educated wants to have fun and wants to leave a stamp on the industry that's their own and we'll give you the, every opportunity to do it so come on i'm expecting those in my inbox uh, on some plaid news, I always like to give a little bit of plaid news. Uh, everyone's hating the yoke. The people are getting used to it. In fact, you can buy a, an aftermarket yoke wheel now that goes on the Model 3, and I'm thinking of putting one on my 3 Performance just to train myself how shit it's going to be when I'm driving my plaid, so I'll get in the plaid and I'll get used to it, and that'll be cool. So, yeah, I might be putting a yoke on board. Um, I saw a great, you know, if you haven't subscribed to Brooks Drag Times on uh, YouTube, do it. He took his plaid out of the local Lamborghini Bugatti dealer, and obviously they know him because Brooks is a bit of, bit, you know, bit of a heavy hitter and owns a, a lot of pretty cool, pretty expensive cars, and he's saying, look, I'll sell this plaid straight away. If you get the new Bugatti Chiron out and race me, I will buy the new Chiron off you. Uh, Chiron, Chiron, whatever it's called. Stupid name for a car. And because plaid isn't stupid, like what? Um... And uh, I'll trade this plaid in and buy the $3.1 million Chiron if you can line me up and beat me in a street race. And they're going, oh, okay, yeah, uh, let me uh, think about that. Come back in tomorrow. Come back in tomorrow. So, of course, these goons at the dealership have gone on the internet and gone, holy shit, like a Chiron. Uh, I, th I, th I think the race was standing start at top speed of the Tesla, which is limited to 163 mile an hour at the moment due to non validation of the wheel and tyre package for 200 mile an hour. So standing start or rolling start, any speed he reckons, up to 163 mile an hour, the Chiron will not level uh, the plaid in any way, shape or form. And they were going, yeah, maybe. So then he's taken, he, he's filled it. And they, these guys, the guys that work in the dealership, they jumped in the plaid uh, with Brooks and, you know, they've got shit like modified Ferrari pistas and, and I mean, super cool stuff. Like <clears throat> these guys, they're all heavy hitters. They're not like some dung beetles from Adelaide, South Australia. And he, he's loaded it up and slammed all these guys in it. And they've all got their phones in their hands. And they're just all just pissed themselves, basically wet their pants with the acceleration of that. But where in Australia, it's like, yeah, I don't care. It's got no noise. Take your electric car and shove it up your ass. In America, because they're you know, a little bit more... Uh, they see a little bit more. They've got things called broader horizons than Aussies. They were like, hey, that's damn cool. I really like this. Bring it on. No, we're not going to race you with a Chiron. Man, that's that's nuts. And you know, I mean, it was great to see proper enthusiasts, proper guys. This Lamborghini is, is, is pretty rank right now. You know, they are building some of the slowest hyper cars around, like the Hurricane. You know, no one even looks sideways at one of those things unless it's got twin turbos on it, Lamborghini have lost the plot, and, you know, McLaren, Porsche, everyone's just absolutely smashed them into the ground, Ferrari, you know, Lamborghini just don't have an answer, and it probably will be the end of them, but it was great to see proper car enthusiasts doing proper car enthusiast things, instead of being a whiny little pack of bitches, so, 
that's probably where I'll leave you today. Get those job applications coming into Range Anxiety because I can't wait to give you a job and you can't wait to work with the master. Thanks for tuning in.